What's up? I'm Brianna Ivy, and this is the Hear From a Student podcast. So we've talked about the academic, the ins and outs. Let's talk about some of that professional development, some of that, some of that transition into the real world. What are some hard skills that you learned in college that you use in your day-to-day as a career woman? Oh, for sure, organization and prioritization. Mm-hmm. Because, because what? So many pro- so many things are happening in a company. And in the, the role that I'm in, I have extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to do my job. I have to do whatever job someone adds to my plate. I have to do things in other programs. So it's a lot. So uh, I think organization, prioritizing, in terms of like hard skills, I never thought I would be a coder. But yes, my whole last role was Python, and now people mouth people be like, "Yeah, she be doing Python," and I have to be like, when I'm asked, "Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Who said that?" Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? So Python, VHDL, I do that a lot. Circuit. I haven't got to do as much circuit design as I want to. I know it's coming. Mm. But just like understanding circuits, like circuit analysis, being able to look at stuff and figure out what's going on. I love that. Mm. That's so fun. Um, Bench top testing. So when you, you know, when you're in lab using the oscilloscope and the power supplies and all the things. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. I use those, those skills. Soft skills, communication. You got to communicate. It's, it's something that is so cliche. And I feel like in every part of life, you'd be like, how you have good relationships. You got to communicate. How you (laughs) better relationships. Parents, with your friends with your significant other you got to communicate what you do at school I mean you have to communicate yeah. for real like <laughs> like people need to know mm-hmm. what you're doing why you're doing it especially when you work at a company that's as big as GE Healthcare which is where I work written and oral communication it's all important when you're in meetings people looking at your body language mm-hmm. how you're talking to them not just what you're saying how you're saying it Quick aside. Sure. During my junior design class, I had a professor who was so adamant about documentation. And I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. I was like, why do I need to write this down? Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. Why do I need <laughs> the notes? I thought it was, I was all go, 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 get me to the lab. Mm-hmm. Because that's the fun stuff, right? Like, I want to design. I want to test. I want to do all that. I will say senior design taught me a little bit about the importance of documentation because this is a real design that we were giving to real people to mm-hmm. So we took a lot of pride in writing good documentation and then having people tell us what didn't make sense. Because when you build something, to you, it makes sense. Like to yeah. you, you know exactly what you did, how it should go, all that stuff. But when you give it to somebody- so duct tape in there, then you stick it together. <laughs> you got a jerry And then like when you're, prototype and you do be jerry-rigging stuff like all right we just gonna we just gonna put this here just for right now 
like so gotta balance it exactly like this <laughs> yeah until you build it and it's like okay this is how we'll really do it but the we took pride in documentation for that project but I think being in the real world being at a, a in this corporate role documentation is so important mm-hmm. like especially for somebody like me who's coming in on new projects often I need to know what was done prior to my presence here if you're expecting me to do more work on it so shout out to junior senior design for teaching me the importance of documentation or at least trying to so I wouldn't be so shocked when I came into the real world and now I document everything every little thing and so at the end of a role or the end of a project when people need something from me I don't have to go try to remember Mm -hmm. what I need I don't have to go try to make some stuff up I have documented <laughs> the way that it needs to be, which is very important because nothing is done in a vacuum. Everything that you do, somebody else will see eventually, touch eventually, use eventually. So documentation, wow. I, I Timothy Brothers, wherever you are, I'm so sorry. Yeah, because I hated you. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him the business about documentation, but he was right <laughs> and I was wrong. You're and I wrong. can say that. That's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Documentation used quite often. Yeah. I am interrupting this episode because I have something to add to this question. I realize, well, I talk a lot of trash about Georgia Tech, but I should give credit where credit is due. And something really important that Georgia Tech taught me that I did not mention here that I use often is, I mentioned it a little bit before, problem solving but not just like basic problem solving because at transitioning from school to work I think what I took with me the most about being able to be a good problem solver is being able to do it quickly and to be a thoughtful and well-rounded problem solver and what I mean by that is a lot of the times when I'm solving a problem, whether I was at tech or at work, the first idea didn't normally work. And so sometimes it it would be a, a habit to want to soak about the first idea, but you, I would have to quickly be like, okay, well, what's another idea? Okay, well, what's another idea? Okay, well, what's another idea? Until I got to something that worked, um, kind of like the tone generator project that I either mentioned before this or that I mentioned after this, but being able to do that quickly is something that I use at work a lot because I have a lot of different projects with a lot of different problems, different types of problems, different people working on the problem. And so it is a good skill to be able to think through things quickly, have an idea, try to implement the idea. Did it work? No. Okay. Well, now I need a new one and kind of just run through the list of all the ideas and create them, implement them, test them keep moving until you find one that works and then being a thoughtful and well-rounded problem solver in in that sometimes you'll have a problem and you'll solve it but then you'll inadvertently create another one if you don't think it all the way through and I think at tech with the projects that I had to work on and the labs and the group stuff we had to do you had to really think through how you were going to solve a problem in order not to either create a problem or make 
um, an existing problem worse. So I think that's something that I have to, a skill I have to use often at work um, that I got at Georgia Tech or that I honed at Georgia Tech because the problems at work, the consequences are much larger. If you mess something up and make a problem worse, you're dealing with timelines, money, um, having things that are government regulated. There's a lot that you have to think through when you're problem solving, but that baseline of a skill, I got it, take. Um, so yeah, all right, back to the episode. Circling back really quickly to communication, I think it's an underrated skill. What they don't tell you, of course, you just hear it all the time and you're like, dumb communicating. But what they don't tell you is when you enter your career, the way people perceive you and the way that you, you know, move along the corporate ladder is primarily through communication, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody can do your job, right? Everyone who's been hired into your role can do your, your job, basically. And so you don't necessarily always set yourself apart skill-wise, mm -hmm. but if people like you, if, <laughs> if you are able to deal with difficult people, if you're able to communicate your needs and your requirements and all of that clearly and concisely, then that enables you to move more freely mm -hmm. and kind of set yourself apart and craft like an identity for yourself within your career. Yeah. So they don't, that's not, that's the part that they don't tell you. They tell you communication is key, but why is it key? It's key for the idea of you that people are going to form, you know, if you're competent, if you're personable, all of that stuff. Um, so really have to have to work on that. And that's why I do appreciate as much as I hated my group projects or whatever, I do appreciate having to communicate with all of these different peoples and try and craft and like create a good working environment with them. Mm -hmm. I think it's very how you communicate is very important to your brand. Like mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. will know about you before you go to any team. And they'll know about you because people are going to say, yeah, she's easy to work with or, you know, or she's a good, she's something that the two things that stood out to my managers and my project leads about me were not really super technical. Like mm -hmm. the thing that they always gave me applause for was my question asking. And I had a mini project where I had to work with someone else, but they were really impressed with how. I was able to work with this person and us have good results out of the project. And those are the things that stood out the most to them. Mm -hmm. So it was like, of course, I'm smart enough to do the job. Like you said, like that they're paying me to do. They will hope that I can do the job. They're paying <laughs> me to do. But how you do your job, I think, speaks a lot of the times more to you as a person and what people say about you yeah. and your brand as a person mm -hmm. and the so. python comes second they're like yeah. she's great <laughs> she worked with this person and also she does python sometimes right you and know also she can do the technical things but exactly people want people on their teams uh, i mean like the way i said that managers want people on their teams that they can put in different situations and they make it better not worse like if i need mm -hmm. i need somebody with your skill but if i got Brianna that can do Python and VHDL and circuit analysis and I got Boogie who can do the same thing but Boogie got a better attitude about it mm -hmm. Boogie want to be involved and engaged and she asks questions then I'm gonna go with Boogie and I'm gonna let Brianna sit at her desk and do the typing and the click clack clacking mm -hmm. and I'm gonna mm -hmm. go send Boogie on this on this site 
tour, right? Or I'm going to go put Boogie on this other team that has mm -hmm. higher visibility. Because mm -hmm. when people look at that team, the managers be like, people look at that team, I need them to look good it's because it's reflecting yeah. on me. So, mm -hmm. to go into it. So, yeah. Another thing, one final thing, mm -hmm. is that a lot of career tracks, um, the precipice of your career is managing people and managing projects. Mm -hmm. So if you're like looking to, to move up, you know, that first promotion or that second promotion might not depend so heavily on your ability to interact with other people. But that third promotion, that fourth promotion, they're like, you hate everybody. So you <laughs> cannot move up. <laughs> so, yeah. Good, good, good. Some so some hard skills, some soft skills. Let's talk about professional development at Georgia Tech. Okay. Did you take advantage of opportunities professional for professional development, and did you feel like there were adequate professional development resources for you? Be honest, I'm gonna keep it a book with you. I probably didn't use them as much as I should have, mm. but I did a couple of things. <laughs> My first semester fall right career fair i had a mentor through nesby shout out the shout out the okay. um and charles mm. i hope he's doing well wherever he is um i remember he helped me get my resume together he helped me get like my little elevator pitch i was nervous rick i was not i was like and he was, <laughs> he was like, just go to the career fair. um, Because a lot of freshmen be like, I'm not going to go because they're not going to give me a job. I don't have any skills. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're wrong. You just but got it. And but, there are opportunities specifically for freshmen that yes. they'll present to you. Yes, there are. Some companies have opportunities specifically for freshmen. And something that my mentor was telling me, he was like, just go and practice articulating yourself to a recruiter telling them what you're interested in, what your goals are, asking about opportunities. Even if they don't have any for you, they might remember you later. That recruiter might get back to their job and be like, I had this freshman and I know she don't know much, but she was asking really good questions. And let's see if we can put her somewhere or put her, you know, in the queue for next year. Like the opportunities that you can create for yourself when you're willing to put yourself out there is very important. And I feel like I learned that. So that was like my first little tidbit in professional development, um, going through my uh, elevator pitch and just learning, like I said, how to articulate myself and my my goals, passions, dreams, whatever. You know, then sometimes you got to play the game. Like you got to understand what the company is looking mm -hmm. for, what the company's passions are, passions, values, mission statements, all that. Mm -hmm. um, but Nesby did a great job of trying, of not trying. Nesby did a great job with professional development and like um especially I feel like my freshman year when I didn't know much um but yeah doing the resume reviews and um I can't we I know that there, there were some mock interviews I don't know that I ever went to one I ain't gonna lie sometimes I was just like I think I can I think I can talk to these people <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah I think I got it you know and most of the times I did but if I needed something I knew where to go to get it um but next we hosted like CNS which is the corporate networking social which is something that I really love because as opposed to the big career fair where like the career um 
the company recruiters are there and you like walk up to them and it can be very mm-hmm. a very intimidating power dynamic. Um, the corporate networking social that Nesby hosted was more like a speed dating event. Mm-hmm. You sit at a table and instead of you having to get up and go talk to people, the company recruiters would like rotate tables and they would just sit at a table and talk to like a group of people mm-hmm. about the, the opportunities that they had, the programs that they have. And if you were interested, you could give them your resume and you could talk a little bit more with them like after the event. So that was one of my favorite things that was a part of like Nesby's professional development and like helping you find your career. Um, and I know there were so many other things, but I don't think I took advantage of them the way that I should have. Mm-hmm. I think it all worked out. So it was okay. It all worked out. Let's talk about how it all worked out because tell me about some of your internships, professional experiences during college. Yeah. So my very, so I didn't, I didn't have an internship over the summer leading into my sophomore year yeah um and then at during my sophomore year for my first internship this is how the story goes during my sophomore year I got an email from the financial aid office and they Mm -hmm. were like hey Brianna we see your grades we you know heard good things about you through the grapevine I suppose we have this opportunity you should apply for it and I was like, okay. So they sent me like some information and it was a BlackRock scholarship. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about BlackRock. I don't this know. is a big name for people who don't know. Go Google BlackRock. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I didn't know anything about BlackRock. I had to go Google it. And I was like, I don't really know. This is in finance. I, uh, FinTech. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. FinTech? What's Financial this? Technology. And um, back then, it wasn't so trendy. Like, yeah. It's trendy right now. It's trendy now, but I think BlackRock was one of the first people to be doing it prior to it being trendy. Um, And so I was like, I was talking to my mom, because my mom was there, my girl right now. I was like, I don't really know, mom, because I don't want to be in finance. Like, I want to make circuits. And she was like, we well, never know what, well, you know what can happen. So just fill it out anyway. So I fill it out. And they were like, the interview process was two parts one at Georgia Tech and then if you pass that one we'll let you know what to do next so I went into the financial aid office at Tech I did the interview I be talking I like I feel like I'm good at it um I did the interview I thought it went well and it did because I went to the next round and the next round unbeknownst to me was we're gonna fly you to New York for you to interview at the company with these people wild this was before flewed out because <laughs> if I had a note it okay okay my first time on a plane this is this is a this is a thank you god moment my first time on a plane paid for my first time in New York paid for so I went with another girl who got to the interview part and her dad took us to the airport got on the plane for the first time we had a car waiting, picked us up, took us to the car. <laughs> pick us up, took us to the hotel in downtown New York. Nervous. Can you mm-hmm. say this? I was so nervous. In this hotel with this girl I didn't know. We had we had money for room service for food. So I was like Let's fall in, out. trying to like get myself together. I remember getting up got dressed before her because I was nervous and I needed to talk to Jesus and we walked because the hotel was in walking distance to Black Rock 
we walked and we got in and it was like oh you know all the people we learned about all the stuff it was so great we got to meet so many people we met the ceo larry fink we which met, is cool yeah we had dinner not only did we meet them but we, we i can't even remember all the people i remember this one guy he he used to work at buzzfeed and he went to black rock so many important people like cfo ceo ceo mm-hmm. and the lady over the um program sarah halleck a such a sweetheart shout out to her i love her so much <laughs> such good care of us she was like, we went to this very fancy, I'm a little, Paul, I'm a small little town girl. I'm a little black, small town girl from Macon, Georgia. I don't know nothing about no salad fork. And I ain't gonna say my mama didn't try. <laughs> but we got to this super fancy Italian restaurant. I felt so, I felt good because I was there, but I felt so like, it was like an out of body. Like, what am I, what am I doing here? Side note. Yeah. I think I told you this already, but like, if I ever get rich and fancy, I'm going to act like I ain't never been nowhere every time. Like I'm, I cannot do the cool comic. Like I'm going to be like, Oh my God, there's, there's caviar in this pasta. Like I'm going to use it. <laughs> so, and I remember Sarah was like, she said something to the fact that you may never have a chance to sit down with a a fortune 500 ceo company person again Mm -hmm. we're gonna go around this table and everybody is gonna ask him a question you don't get to not we're not gonna skip you you're gonna Mm -hmm. ask somebody at this table a question shout out to her for that Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah we got to do that at lunch they let us like this this was at dinner but at lunch they let us like walk around new york city and i went to the uh hotel that eloise was filmed in a little movie. I had such a good time. Walking around. <laughs> um, and this is all the interview. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, because they flew you out and everything. They got money. Crazy. <laughs> and then the next day, you know, that's the blaze of day. That's the day you get this time. This interview process, my God, today. We interviewed from like eight in the morning to like lunchtime. Eight lunch and got back on the bus to go to the airport if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. it was so intense um but it, it went well and I got the internship so yay so I got to spend a summer in, in New, New York, York City um working for Black Rock as a financial analyst period two. and I had a time I stayed in Union Square I don't know if people oh, we had a time and yeah. I stayed in the <laughs> I stayed in the NYU dorm and it was a, it was a great time. I learned so much. That was my first like real, um, it was my first job and my first, like, uh, I guess I would call it coding, Mm. but yeah, it was, it was a great time and I learned a lot and I got to explore New York and it was great. New York. And, um, yeah. Okay next internship next internship blackrock ends mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to go back to blackrock is that right i did oh wow you listening i did <clears throat> have an opportunity to go back to blackrock um I, I, someone reached out to me prior to like the recruiting season 
So I had no, no, no one was like coming, no career fairs. None of, none of that had happened yet. And I just had to sit with myself and decide if I want to, me going back would have been the safe thing to do. It would have guaranteed me a job, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily what I wanted. I wanted to experience something in the um, engineering world. And I feel like for internships are for you to to explore what it is you may want to do mm-hmm. and and I feel like I'm glad that BlackRock was my first internship because it gave me a chance to explore something outside of engineering mm-hmm. but for my second one I wanted to do something within the realm of engineering and so I declined the offer to go back with respect and you know kindness mm-hmm. and I went into the unknown seas of recruiting season so such a stressful time but I was like I, I want to see what else is out there um for me that I may enjoy and so I took that leap of faith like that <laughs> yeah and then you were fighting demons because you got multiple offers is that right <laughs> I was Yes. And she was fighting these demons alone, everybody. <laughs> and I only opted to tell her best college friend <laughs> after she'd already probably come to her decision. She had been fighting this demons. So tell us about those demons. <laughs> I like the way you set that up. Actually, yeah. I hated it. Um <laughs> Yeah, so recruiting season happened. I went to the career fairs, applied, you know, and I got a couple of different offers. And how do I want to tell this story? Because this, this <laughs> what I did is very frowned upon, and very you very much should not do it. Mm. Like I know it's frowned upon, but that's because I don't care about that. Oh yeah, I had multiple offers and I was making mistakes that um one may make when hmm. they are trying to navigate the career pool for the first time. Yes. Aside, navigating the career pool for the first time as an African American woman. Not I think are you first generation? You're not technically first generation, but like, no, not technically. My mom went to college after. Yeah, <laughs> after we and you're the first engineer. You yeah. know, first person navigating Georgia Tech's, you know, environment of career fair offers, internships, stuff like that. It cannot be minimized the fact that you're basically going into it blind, right? Yeah, things that people that maybe have a generational wealth or have have generationally gone to college and done these things for they might have a bit more insight yeah. into the ins and outs the do's and don'ts the tips and tricks yeah want to want to preface that yeah like understanding the offer besides like just the money mm-hmm. excuse me um and my mom was would be like I guess considered a non-traditional college student like she didn't go right after school I went right after school she had you know um kids so it was just it was, just, it was a little bit different but I won't say first generation because I understand you know what I mean but yeah it was um it was a time and I didn't know what to do really to be honest 
Oh gosh, I'm just thinking back on how stressful <laughs> that situation was. You know, like he said, understanding the rules, understanding, you know. <laughs> I don't really want to say what I did because it's embarrassing, but like just understanding the things, the the unspoken rules, mm. right? Because people may not, it might not be a real rule, but the way that the landscape has been created, there are things that are understood that you do, you can do, and you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Do the things you shouldn't do is frowned upon. But nobody's really said, don't do this. It could be understood. Maybe the thing that I did was common sense you don't do, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So I had these two offers and not gonna lie I really didn't know what I was gonna do one one was offering more money but one was offering I think a one uh, what I want to say one was offering more money but one was offering more of an experience hmm. I will say um more of a I'll just say experience one was offering more money and I think one was just offering more of a, a total experience. So I ended up, I'm very indecisive. As I said prior, I'm not good at making decisions, but I, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And my mom, God bless her heart, was like, you should make a list. And I was like, girl, that is so stupid. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Kids these days. What the hell? <laughs> like, you can make a pros and cons list. And I was like, girl, no, I'm not making a list. Mm-hmm. I, after weeks of stressing, not eating, I was like, all right, so I need to make this decision, like, for real. And so I remember I sat down. I told Jesus, I said, look, when I get up from this table, I need to have a clear, concise answer on what to do next right now today. I sat down. I made this list. I got up. I looked at the list and I knew exactly the decision that I should be making. Shout out again. Can't tell me my God ain't real. Also, my mama be right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so then (laughs) at that moment, I fixed the problem and I accepted to do a summer internship with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Oh, snap. And thus begins Brianna's astronaut era. One of her best eras throughout college. I would not shut up about this. <laughs> Fun fact, that moment I got up from the from the, the list and I sent the guy an email. One of the reasons, one of the things on my list was that I met the hiring manager at JPL hmm. and I did not yeah hiring manager at the other company um and so immediately when I got up on that list I sent him an email saying that I was going to accept the internship and he sent me a text message and he said call me ASAP now at this at this this is COVID so this is prime Mm -hmm. everybody's internship is getting canceled Mm -hmm. everybody's getting rescheduled nobody has a job for the summer so I just knew for a fact that he was about to tell me I'm sorry, it's but we over, can't, yeah. can't have any interns. The pandemic is happening for Ooh, real. What? Like, Look. It, it, it's happening. The pancake is happening. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I knew he was going to tell me. I waited like 25 seconds and then I called him. 
And he was like, yeah, so I know you're going to be an intern around the time of the launch of Perseverance. And I was just wondering if you would like to extend your internship so that you could stay for the launch of Perseverance since you'll be working on Perseverance. I said, my God, come on. Also, there's the um, recurring uh, joke slash non-joke that Brianna is the Lord's favorite. Like <laughs> the way, and like we, I feel are both blessed because yes. God in the universe really be coming <laughs> to our rescue and be showing us things and whatnot. But Brianna has like a direct line. She be calling him. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> it was really crazy. So yeah, and that's how I ended up at NASA. And that was a fun that, that was an incredible experience. What a guy. So, and you did the internship while it was the pandemic. So, how was working from home before you even had a chance to work from the office? How I, <laughs> it was it was uh first of all I'm so thankful that I didn't cancel it. Also, I didn't have any money to be going to Pasadena, <laughs> California. Mm -hmm. Right? I remember that. You were like, where am I going to stay? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't I I didn't know anything about anything. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find somewhere to live, transportation, like I'm going to have to take the bus, the train, I didn't have a car. So I was really stressed about that. And I remember my mama was just like, don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. And I was like, I need more. You need to stop questioning your mom because don't I? You think no? Diana is God's favorite, like for real, <laughs> for real, for real. But she was like, "Don't worry about it; it's all gonna work out." And he called me one day. He was like, "So we're gonna keep you as an intern, but you're gonna work from home. The pandemic, you know, it's not safe to have people in the office." And I set up a little desk in the corner of my room, and I think because other people had to work, <laughs> it worked out well. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I don't know about anybody else, but during that last one of those semesters at school for, from home, for whatever reason, sometimes my brother and my parents felt like I was not in school. Like mm. I was taking a whole final and my mom was trying to argue with me about a fish sandwich. And I was like, girl, she's talking about, I done bought you this fish sandwich and you gonna eat it. I'm taking a final. <laughs> I'm trying to pass this class. So funny. So like, <laughs> so I feel like in terms of like a work environment, it was okay. It was a little weird, but I feel like I kind of just, it kind of like smoothly transitioned uh, because we, we were coming off of going to school from mm -hmm. home and mm -hmm. remote. So I feel like that was a little bit weirder than like, okay, now I'll do work remote um, from home. So it was, it was cool. And I, my mentors and the people that I work with, like they gave me virtual tours and I got to see like, um, some of the stuff that I was working on so so it worked it turned out pretty good I'd say the work from home situation excellent yeah good some yeah. awesome internships yeah and let's pivot a little bit and talk about the pandemic okay hold on I do want to say um what I worked Wait, on yeah go ahead thought it was really cool so I got to work on perseverance I was a mobility oh, yeah she went into space everyone she flew up there and she was an astronaut and she saw the Mars. Thank you. Please add to whatever you'd like to that story. Right. Um, so what I actually did, I was a mobility test intern and I got to write some tests for perseverance in terms of how it uh, was able to move and um, 
make its way on the surface of Mars. So that was a really, really super cool project. And I got to watch it launch into space. I got to watch something that I worked on launch into space and it's on Mars. So that was a really cool project. Did you cry when the Mars rover died? I did not. Lame. I did not. You crazy. So yes, let's pivot to the pandemic. We were in, well, I was in my senior year. You were in your almost senior year. And we're doing our, we are having the time of our lives. We're living like it's senior year, right? We go to events. We go to parties. We have established social connections. And then we're like, all right, see you after spring break. And we don't come back. Crazy. And we don't come back. (laughs) But then we do come back to campus at least for, wait, no, I guess that was our junior year. Sorry. We're living our junior year lives, having a great time. And then we go for spring break, pandemic hits. We have to stay for the rest of that semester. We come back for our senior year. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Like, what was that like for you? I remember, I, I remember so much about this. Let me tell you why, because I remember thinking, Cause you know tech, how do I don't want to say this? Tech lives in its own bubble, and tech mm-hmm. takes one does to do. And I remember walking back to my dorm, and my friends went to school at Spelman and Morehouse. And I remember they were texting me like, "Yo, Bree, they sending us. We we grew up together. We lived in the in the same hometown." They was like, "Yo, Bree, they telling us we not coming back. You need us to, you know." Uh, they telling y'all the same thing. We'll scoop you. We can go home. And I was like, Tech ain't told me nothing. Tech told me, come back. We'll see you in a week. And they was like, you sure? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, all right. Flash forward to don't come back at all, actually. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. But going back senior year, it was so empty on campus. So empty. I feel like that was the weirdest thing. And then it was weird again when people came back. Like, yes, we were like, who are these people? Yeah, because a lot of people didn't come back. Like, they just Mm -hmm. stayed remote. Um, But me and Boogie went back and it was so empty. And some I had, I I had some professors who were really understanding of the fact that this was a large transition. That we were in a pandemic, that people was losing family members, that people was people themselves were getting sick, people mm-hmm. were dealing with sick family. Like uh, the pandemic was a lot mentally, physically, emotionally, and I had some professors that really understood that. On the flip side, I had some professors who were like, "Turn in this assignment, or else, <laughs> unless you are taking your last breath, this assignment should be on my <laughs> in my inbox." at 11 59 p.m mm-hmm. so that that was um and then like as always tech is hard so you're like balancing what it is to exist in a pandemic yeah to be a college student in a pandemic and then school is hard hard like so hard yeah. i remember taking um was it electronics packaging 
some one of the classes that I was in and taking the test like just just in just in a state of like this this is crazy like this cannot mm -hmm. be my life like what is this and so yeah school was uh, different in terms of like how to handle this new state of being but school was still hard professors were still expecting whatever they was expecting um, yeah physically navigating campuses was was so much easier because people weren't there um um so yeah and yeah. like <laughs> it was empty so me and my uh group of friends would just like go to a classroom and stay there all day and just do work go to class come back yeah uh, go get food come back in there because there's no classes actually <laughs> be on our laptop you know so so yeah it was an interesting it was an interesting switch up and then people came back to campus and it was like what are all these people doing here like mm -hmm. why are you in my way it's busy <laughs> like what's <is> this line <laughs> yeah so it was an interesting little switch up there i've got a running theory that if we hadn't gone for spring break and everybody hadn't like left and and went to different places and we're doing like spring break things mm -hmm. Georgia Tech would have stayed in in like its bubble and have people just be on campus and testing diligently but because we did go for spring break you couldn't control that people wouldn't get the virus mm -hmm. so they were like all right it's our best bet it's in everyone's best interest to send them back home since they're they want to be freaks <laughs> on spring break. But if it hadn't hit and if they had just canceled spring break, then they would have kept us on campus and just tested us rigorously. And you know, Georgia Tech gets a lot of things wrong, but their handling of COVID was pretty, pretty spot on, especially for Georgia College. Cause let's talk about that. We're in like a <laughs> in an absolutely crazy state that did not want to be like you have to wear a mask they had to they had to uh deal with the fact that there was no like mask mandate and they could not mandate us to wear a mask on campus so they're just like begging on their knees <laughs> they were testing us they spent so much money on just perks to get people in the testing facility like popsicles ice cream cookies brown cookies anything they're please come get tested yeah had a whole infrastructure where like overnighting test you got your test results in like 24 hours so like that whole stand up of that entire like testing program and the pandemic response team or whatever they did that i was gonna i was gonna say that they i feel like they handled it really well i give georgia tech crap for a lot of stuff and i will because it was hard but <laughs> post pandemic, the way that they dealt with that and the testing, like you said, the infrastructure that they built for us to be getting tested, the accessibility of the test, anywhere you were on yeah. campus, you yeah. could find a place to get tested. And it didn't take long. It wasn't like people could people couldn't be like, oh, I got to stand in line, it take too long. Yeah. You couldn't say that. It was literally a Maybe. not even five could do it. Um, I'm pretty sure alumni could sign up as well. Mm -hmm. If you're just in the area, like get tested. We'll have your stuff here. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that was that GT. And I was like, in that in that lead up to our senior year when the pandemic was happening, I'm really bad at doing things from home. Mm -hmm. Like online school, my arch nemesis. 
<laughs> I was like, I can't, I, I, I fear for my ability to graduate yeah. if I'm not on campus. Mm-hmm. Not to uh, be boogie for <laughs> coming with me. Let me, side story. I was okay. I'm, I mentioned earlier that I'm very self-disciplined, self-motivated. I would have been okay doing school from home. Boogie called me and said, I can't do this. I will make it. She was like, you got to come back to campus with me. I, <laughs> I can't stay here, but also can't go back alone. And I was like, well, mom, guess I'm going to get I the video. And we did. And that was a good year. And it was hard. Like, I did my senior thesis that year. Crazy. Like, I would have never been able to do this at home. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. And I think we were still we were still doing uh like incubator stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or some project that I was doing. Yeah. It, it was it was difficult a little bit. Yeah. And then I remember the last day to work on Inky, the mm-hmm. first semester that we were working on it, and somebody that we were working with in the lab got COVID. Not and we couldn't no. I'm walking out the door. I spent so much time. I spent 80% of my life in the lab working on Inky mm-hmm. the incubator. I'm walking out the door to go to lab one morning. I get a text message. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I look at the team's chat for the project and see that somebody had got the bid that we were all in contact with, with except for like three people. The I did. I picked up my phone to text my friend back and I said, actually, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm trying to go <laughs> back in my dorm. We had an emergency call just me and him because we like led the electronics. We was like, all right. This is the last. This is the last day of the semester. Like this is the last day for anybody to work on the project. So, yeah, man, pandemic was crazy. It was. Luckily, we never got the bid. Hallelujah! Come on. So thank you, God, for covering us. <laughs> okay. So we really like traverse your Georgia Tech experience. Crazy. <laughs> Did Georgia Tech live up to your expectations? Or did you have any expectations? That's a great question. And I don't think anyone has ever asked it to me in that way. Going into tech, I'm not sure that I had any expectations. I knew it was going to be hard because that's, it. I mean, like. It's got that reputation. It's got the reputation, the acceptance rate. Like it, it, everything, it, <laughs> I knew it would be hard. <laughs> I just didn't know how hard it was going to be. didn't meet my expectations i guess it met my expectations of a challenge it exceeded them (laughs) there were many times where i almost did not make it okay okay there were a few nights i didn't know how i was gonna do it (laughs) but god (laughs) oh yeah i think i can make my expectations in that way but I do feel like it prepared me. It challenged me. It prepared me. It helped me grow. Mm-hmm. It's not just the engineer that I am, but into the person that I am. The person that can pivot. The person that can take an L and recalibrate and figure out where to go next. The person that can be a good problem solver. The person that can think about other people while I'm problem solving and not just thinking about the problem that I'm trying to solve that could be more of a Brianna thing but I feel like I've done it throughout my Georgia Tech career and it kind of just carries over so 
Georgia Tech did a lot for me. For better or for worse. <laughs> Good and bad. Um, but no, Georgia Tech was a was a great decision. I wouldn't change it. If I could go back, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Um, I would go in a little bit more prepared. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would go in knowing knowing a little bit more about myself and about what it what it was gonna take to finish a degree um at Georgia Tech. It takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of perseverance, it takes a lot of um believing in yourself. Um so yeah, Georgia Tech changed me, and I will, yeah. I will forever be grateful to Georgia Tech for what it what it did for me. What are some of those key differences between the Brianna who started Georgia Tech and the Brianna who sits before me now, who's finished Georgia Tech? Well, of course, I'm smarter. Thank God. Yes, <laughs> I am smarter. Uh. Technically, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I am more confident in my intelligence and my competence Mm -hmm. and in me as a person. I'm more comfortable with myself. Um, I'm comfortable walking in the room and being my full self all the time, every time. Um, I'm comfortable saying I don't know and to help me. And I'm comfortable saying I do know. Mm-hmm. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I'm more well-rounded as a person. I think I'm more resilient. Mm. Um, and uh, I understand the importance of taking a deep breath and being okay with the outcome of certain situations and knowing that I can change them. So, yeah. <laughs> it taught me that I'm a person that can conquer challenges. Um, that I'm a person that can work with other people, whether I want to or not. That I am a person who can communicate well, I think. Because there was a lot of that going on. socially but like also like explaining things to people I feel like I really honed that skill and like being able to break down complicated things I've been told that I do that well but I just thought it was a I just thought it was a thing but or I didn't I didn't think it was a thing but apparently it is a thing um yeah and the Brianna that sits before you today in short, because I just rambled on for so long. No. Is a um more confident, more sure of herself, more intelligent person who believes that she can conquer the world. So period. Yeah. I believe that any dream that I have, I can do my part to make it come to pass. So shout out. Very important. Mm-hmm. A surefire, strong belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. that's great and that's what like challenges that's what like experiencing failure and success in equal measure gives yeah. you like an unshakable like I can handle anything really I am I am good <laughs> like like I am capable I feel like you know what that might be the biggest thing I am capable mm-hmm. like it might be hard I might not want to do it I might not like it but I have the ability 
to do it. Yeah. Like, despite all odds, against all odds. I'll be fighting the Georgia Tech. Yeah, because we be fighting the odds. Okay. So it's like, I am capable of so many things. And it's, it's pretty great to know. Beautiful. Okay. What advice would you give to someone about to start their first year of college? Oh, great question. What was it like? I would say be kind to yourself while you're transitioning from high school to college because college is a different beast. There's more freedom. There are more challenges socially, um, academically. There is more to explore about yourself. And I would say the first thing is to, you know, yeah, be kind to yourself while you're making that adjustment. Don't beat yourself up too much about the things that you don't know because you don't know. Don't forget to eat. Sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day rigmarole of going to class, doing homework, going to the lab, you do your extracurriculars, you go to meeting, you get back, and you don't eat. Please eat. eat. Don't forget to sleep. Sleeping is important. I know freshman year people yeah. like to party, 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 party. And that's cool. You know, everything in moderation. You know, mm-hmm. balance it out. Go to some parties, do your homework, whatever, whatever. Don't forget to sleep. Sleep is important. There's only so much... Take care of yourself is what I'm trying to say. Because there's only so much you can pour out if you don't have anything to pour. You can you can you can pour nothing from an empty cup. So take care of yourself. Eat, sleep, be kind to yourself. Ask for help when you need it. Don't wait until you fail the first three tests of your calculus class. Please. <laughs> don't be me. <laughs> don't get help as soon as you realize, yo, I don't know what's going on. Go to office hours. Don't be afraid to talk to the people in your class um yeah and try new stuff join orgs that you you maybe think you know i don't really know about that join it go you know go see what's up this this is the last stage in your life this college stage where you get so much uh freedom to explore with little consequence Mm -hmm. in terms of like if i don't like this i don't have to do it if i don't like this extracurricular i don't have to do it I don't have to go back to another meeting. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you get to you get to figure out what you like. And <laughs> yeah. Take the opportunity to explore yourself, explore what you like. <laughs> um, anything else? I feel like the academic groove will come, you know? Like get into it. Figure out how you like to study. And I feel like as you start stepping through your academic career, it'll get easier you'll realize what things work and what things don't um yeah i am interrupting this episode because i have something to add to this question something that i would add to my advice is to make sure that you are building a good village around yourself i talk in different parts of this episode about my friends and like being able to go out to eat and people you know just be having people to study with but I think in the very beginning it was super important for me to get good people around me and people that could encourage me and that I can encourage them and for me and to remind me to like take a break and for me that was important because I wasn't going to take a break myself and I wasn't going to tell myself that I was doing a good job and I wasn't going to do any of the things that my friends around me were doing when they saw me stressed or whatever. 
and I could do it for other people. So if I saw my friend stress, you know, oh, you know, you're doing all right. We all out here struggling, just you know, sink or swim. Uh, but to have people around me that poured into me as well in that way was really important when I couldn't do it myself. And they helped me add that balance of we're going to study, then we're going to go do something fun. We're going to knock out this homework and then we're going to order something to eat. And just being able to build in that balance of doing things outside of just academics. Um, the people around me, my friends, were really instrumental in me um, being able to have that experience. Because I remember sitting doing homework one day when I probably had been doing it all day. And I thought to myself, I don't want to look back over these four years and all I remember is stress and tests. Granted, that's a large chunk of my memory, but <laughs> it's not the only thing I remember. Since I made that decision from that day, I was able to create other memories with the help of my friends, which is very important. So making sure that you build a good village around yourself is, is um, imperative. I don't know. I don't know how you could do Georgia Tech or college without a good group, a good support um, system around you. And sometimes it's also important, and this is the last part, to make to... For me, I got lucky in that the friends that I studied with became like my friends' friends outside of uh, my roommate and the other friends that I had. But the friends that I studied with when I got into like my um, super challenging engineering courses also became my actual friends. So we talked outside of that class and they weren't the friends that I saw in the class and then never spoke to again. So I got lucky in that way. But you also, as you're going through your college career, figure out your study friends, your pour into me friends, who do I need to be around when I'm not in class? So you kind of figure out how to gauge that. But in any regard, building your village and having good people around you is super, super important. I know that the primary function of college is for us to get our degrees and to put ourselves in a position to have successful careers post-college. But if you allow it to be, college can be so much more than that. And it can provide so much more that to you, including lifelong friends that you create and that you build while you're building your village in college. So, okay, back to the episode. And believe in yourself. That's the last thing. Believe in yourself. No matter what the tests say, no matter what the quizzes say, believe in you and your mind. And you can come out on the other side. Beautiful. Okay, and one fun question to close us out. Would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? You can do this at will for the rest of your life. Ten minutes. Oh, I knew you would choose that. Oh, wow. I choose that. You're like, okay. Why? Why you knew I'm Okay. <laughs> Love that. That's great. How you knew I was gonna choose it? Because I know you. Mm. Yes. And with that, we will end this episode. Thank you so much, Bree, for submitting to my interviewing today. I think we all learned a lot just from your experience in college. So I am so happy that we had the opportunity to talk about it in this setting. Thank you so much, Willie. Thank you for interviewing me today, picking my brain, making me remember stuff that I had forgotten or 
not wanted to think about for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Rather not think about that. (laughs) Great. Okay, everyone, tune in for the next episode of Hear From a Student. And today you've heard from the student, Brianna Ivy herself. Thank you, Billy.